Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, registered dietitian, nutritionist, board-certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I am thrilled that you are here today. If you are new, welcome to the program. And if you are returning, thanks for joining us again. This is where we have really fabulous, in-depth, informational conversations to help you rock your midlife. So whether you are working on your career, looking for more love and romance in your life, working on your health, or just want to have more fun, this is the place to be. Because let's face it, like, Midlife is becoming hot, not just because, you know, we're in menopause, but because all of a sudden uh, midlife women are standing up and wanting to be seen. I'm just amazed what's happening in the media that we're seeing more and more midlife models. We are seeing movies with midlife women. I just watched, um, can't remember the name of the movie. It was with Julie Roberts and George Clooney. Julie Roberts is 55 and George Clooney is 60. And it was a romantic comedy, super fun. And then I saw a movie called Leo Grande with um, uh, Emma Thompson, which was amazing about her awakening. So midlife is really becoming the place to be. And this is the place to be if you want to rock. And I want to let you know that we started a new Rock Your Midlife community. Last night was our first meeting. You can join. Just go to a Rock Your Midlife I'm sorry, go to themidlifewhisperer.com, click on community, and there's information about joining where you can get coaching. You can be part of workshops and meetings, meet other like-minded women. Um, I'm going to be adding meditations and all kinds of great things. Would love to see you there. So today, if you're listening live, it is March 1st, which means spring, I think, is coming. But maybe if you live in the States, perhaps not. But it's National Nutrition Month. And this is the month where we celebrate nutrition. We give information. I'm going to be sharing a ton on Facebook and Instagram to help you eat right. I have been an RD Hard to believe for 30 years. So I've seen so many changes in this field, I think. The thing that's most exciting is that nutrition is getting more and more attention, you know, just going back to Hippocrates, right? Food, let food be thy medicine. We are realizing that nutrition does everything from combating all major chronic diseases. It actually can help with things like depression, help you with those menopausal symptoms. Um, and so you want to listen today because we are going to really be going in depth about nutrition. Uh, the focus for National Nutrition this month is on eating with sustainability. The theme is fuel for the future. So it's all about eating for the planet and eating for whatever phase of life you are at. And we are kicking off the month with two phenomenal guests who inspire you to eat right without all the dieting BS. My first guest today is nutritionist Nicole Meyer. She is founder of Nibble by Nibbles by Nick Nutrition. She is a whiz in the kitchen and she's going to tell us how busy women can nail nutritious meals. And if you want to lose weight without dieting, then you're going to want to listen to my conversation with Marina Kador. She is a best-selling author, international speaker, and executive well-being coach who will share her method for how to get off the weight loss roller coaster and lose one kilo a week without dieting. So I'm interested in seeing what that method is all about. And Nick and I are going to have a great conversation. Wanted to share a couple of my favorite nutrition tips to kick the month off. Gosh, um, I think my first thing is like progress, not perfection. I think there's a sense, especially if you see some of these crazy diets out there, changing everything overnight you know, it's fine. I just wrote an article for someone on ice cream, right? You can have that Ben and Jerry's, right? You can have those potato chips. It's about eating things mindfully, intuitively, and of course, eating more plant foods. So certainly building in those foods that you enjoy and healthy foods are things you can enjoy, but be kind to yourself. Do it because you love your body, not because you are upset with where you're at and you want to deprive yourself and beat yourself up. So that's the first thing. Bring in that element of self-compassion. And then I am a huge advocate of 
whole food, plant-based eating, if you are dealing with menopause, that type of diet can really help you for a number of reasons. First of all, helps to reduce inflammation. And inflammation is really what causes a lot of pain that we experience. And it can really help you to balance your hormones, eating the whole food plant-based way, particularly if you add in more soy foods. If you are struggling with your weight, plant foods are filled with fiber. So they fill you out without a lot of calories. They taste awesome. They slow you down. Takes a long time to eat a salad, right? Think about like having a fast food cheeseburger versus a salad, a little bit more work, but that, that whole food plant-based diet is totally the way to go. And then in terms of my best kitchen tips, and I'm so excited to get in the kitchen uh, this month and actually share some recipes. You can check me out on Instagram at the Midlife Whisperer. Um, I love to batch cook. I am a huge fan of the Instapot. I know Nick's going to share lots of other tips, but I make huge pots of food and then I use a seal a meal. I freeze them. I'm also a huge fan of what I call convenience foods, things like frozen Asian vegetables. I go to Costco. I buy the big bag of Asian vegetables. I can make a soup in minutes. I buy things like chicken breast tofu that doesn't have the bones, not the tofu, the chicken breast. And, you know, it makes it so much easier. And also when you're designing your plate, I love to think in terms of what's my protein. So am I going for lean animal protein? Am I going for some type of vegetable protein like tofu, tempeh, or beans? I'm a huge fan. Last night I just had, um, I love the bean-based pastas because you're getting your sort of your carbohydrate feel and your protein, tons of fiber. So I just boiled up some chickpea pasta. I had ratatouille that I had put up from the summer and, and I made that in a little salad and that was dinner super quick. Took me, you know, 10 minutes or so. Eating healthy doesn't have to be hard. You need to do planning. So think about what's my protein, what's my carbohydrate, and what's my vegetables. And really think about building your meals around the vegetables and making your meat more like your condiments. So those are my little tips I'll be sharing all month long. But I want to bring on Nick because I know that I will learn so much from her. We met actually in New York City. I was doing a talk for... um Great Lakes Wellness, which creates a fabulous collagen product. And she was in the audience. I was sharing pro-aging tips and we met. She read my book. We started a conversation. We did some Instagram lives and here she is. And she has created a fabulous program called How to Nail 21 Nutritious Meals a Week Workshop for the Busy. And get this, she has presented across the tri-state area. She's been on ABC, Dr. Oz, Pix News, and Rachel Ray. So she is a rock star. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. It's so awesome to have you here, Nick. Thank you so much. I am so glad to be here. Well, thank you. And before we dig into the nutrition tips, um, I want to know, how are you rocking your midlife? Because I know you have made some huge changes recently. Yes. Well, so... We met at that Great Lake Wellness event. It was beautiful in New York City, and it was just such a great, um, just a great fall event. And you were on the panel, I believe, speaking with some colleagues of yours, some other great women um, about midlife and about, you know, the changes we go through, um, what to expect and, you know, what um, what not to expect and so forth. <laughs> And, um, you know, I am hitting that point. I'm in my mid forties. So I am definitely on the way to, um, that, that whole, uh, portion of my life. And I remember reading your book. And at that time I was kind of in a bit of a transitional phase. I had just gotten my certification, um, in the nutrition field, but I didn't feel a hundred percent complete yet. And there was something inside of me that was saying, you know, you have to get your master's, you have to get your master's. And I read your book, um, like probably a couple pages every night. And I couldn't wait to read it because it was just not only was your book so informative and appealing, it was very funny. And it had like this like quick witted, like way that you write. And uh, it just, I just loved it. And it really, it really inspired me that it's never too late to make certain changes in your life as a 40 something year old going back to school and really almost starting from scratch. As we were discussing before, I'm taking chemistry right now. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for that. But that's a great message that you are never too old to learn something new. I know for me, it's like learned in Spanish, ukulele. Um, that's kind of on what's, what has been on my list of things, Excellent. things to learn. So, and also astrology. So it's awesome to learn new things, learning more about nutrition. So it's going to be great to enter, to invite you into the registered dietitian sisterhood. It's quite Thank a group. you. I have a few years to go, but I'm definitely looking forward to that part of my life. Um, and, um, yeah, I can't wait. It is a good uh, group to be part of. Absolutely. And like I said, we've come a long way from always being in the basement. Usually we're like in the basement next to the morgue when you're a clinical nutritionist, but we're starting, we're coming up, we're moving up in the world and, and doctors are taking us seriously and really working with us and, and really valuing our expertise. So it really is a powerful time to be a registered dietitian. All right. So let's talk about your program because I know you're working as a nutritionist as you're studying Correct. and you have developed this workshop. Tell us why you developed it. I have been in real estate, commercial real estate in New York city for about eight years um, prior to having children. And I didn't really understand how people got it done, how we can, you know, you always get that famous question from either your significant other or what's for dinner. And it was like, what's, I don't know. It, it, my heart started pounding when I would hear that question. So I said to myself, there's got to be a way to make things easier, to get rid of those palpitations and really feel um, in charge of our, of not only our meal planning, but our health and our diet as well. And how can we do this um, while still being able to work full time, take care of the family, take care of ourselves and so forth. So I developed a workshop with just basic tips on how to make things easier for the busy person. Yeah, it's so true. You know, and I think we put food last and you do have to put some planning into it, but it doesn't have to be hard. And I always tell people too, cooking is like learning to ride a bicycle. It's our learning to read. It's not something that comes naturally, like learning, you know, learning to speak or walk, but it's something that anybody can learn and it's fun and it doesn't have to be hard. So with your clients, what are some of the common struggles that you find people have in the kitchen besides the lack of time and planning? And I think there's also a confidence issue I think people feel. And, you know, my big pet peeve is seeing people using paring knives to chop things. I'm like, can we use a chef knife here? It's like not going to hurt you, right? But what what do you see? What are some of the common struggles? I, I think that the most, the, the biggest struggle that, that people have to, you know, that, that the hurdle for them is really the pressure that we, they put on themselves, that everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be, you know, when you think of 21 meals a week, that's a lot. And that's overwhelming. And that's continuous, right? It's like, you don't get a break there. You know, if your 10 year old has to eat or your grandchild who you're caring for has to have, you know, breakfast in the morning, you can't skip that. So you have to have different um, kind of like shortcuts in different ways that you could always, you know, go to and that you can rely on. Um, like you said, with the batch cooking, an, an amazing, amazing, amazing tip, because Having those meals ready to go alleviates us going to the fast food, going towards the snack cabinet, going towards the frozen food loaded with sodium. So yes, batch cooking is by far one of my, um, my biggest suggestions. And I also, you know, I also say, you know, weekends, yes, that is definitely the, a good time to prepare, but that might not work for everybody. Sometimes, you know, people work on the weekends or that's the time that they want to rest and relax and they don't feel like batch cooking. Maybe Monday morning, right before work, they want to wake up an hour earlier and batch cook for the week. Um, so again, just like, you know, to each his own and one man's food is another man's poison. Everybody is different and we all wire differently. So don't fall, don't feel bad if you can't necessarily do something when everyone else is doing it. You carve out the time that's good for you. Yeah. Perfectionism is a, is a huge issue with people. And I love your Instagram. If you're not following Nick on Instagram, it's, it's nibbles by Nick, right? Yes. Nibbles by Nick. It's great because you're, you know, you, you show yourself at the checkout aisle, like, what are you buying? What can you get at Trader Joe's? All of these wonderful, wonderful tips. Something that I love to tell people to do is get the whole family involved, make it fun, make it positive. And I always tell my clients, 
keep three things on hand all the time that you can do really quickly. Like I'm a big fan of burgers, not, you know, not a fast food cheeseburger, but like a, you know, salmon burger, a veggie burger, even, you know, like a turkey burger or maybe lean ground beef. You have that, you've got your pre-prepared salad ready to go. So it's already washed and ready to go. And all you have to do is like plop it on a plate and you either have for your carbohydrate, right? You either have like a, you can have a baked sweet potato or sweet potato fries, which are super easy, or you could just have a bun. So that might be one thing, or maybe you have like a healthy canned soup. And I love, you know, my man and I, we, we have popcorn and cut up veggies and hummus for dinner sometimes and watch a movie. Right. So we have our movie night, make it fun. It doesn't. And also, you know, you can have cereal for dinner. Like, you know, I think as Americans, we've got this idea that like dinner is this big meal, but you could, you know, it's better actually to eat heavier earlier in the day because it doesn't interfere with your sleep and you're less likely to kind of overdo it. You could just say, you know what, tonight I'm just going to have cereal and I'm going to put on some frozen blueberries. So it doesn't have to be crazy. I think that's a great point. And I think that, you know, that breakfast for dinner, that theme night, that, you know, taking those into account. Um, And also, you know, when we are cooking for even for, for either children, for our spouse, for our partners, make it interesting. Like, you know, it doesn't, if we're having chicken with broccoli and you're using, let's say a little honey and a little coconut aminos, why can't we call it sticky, crunchy chicken Mm -hmm. over burnt broccoli? You know, in other words, for sometimes a great idea is to pretend that we're the restaurant, we're the menu creator. And it, it just entices you, right? Like we eat with our eyes first. We also like hear what we're about to eat and our ears are also in there. So I think that um, being creative and again, great point, getting the family involved. Um, I always suggest leaving out magazines and um, articles or anything and having a folder available, like a family folder, a household folder, and just putting the recipes that you see in there. And then whenever you're running out of ideas, you can just go to the folder and maybe once a week, once a month, whatever works for you can be that new meal time. Yeah. And I love to, whenever I, I love the internet too. And then it's like, when I got divorced, my ex got all the cookbooks. My ex and I were actually celebrity chefs in the nineties and early two thousands. So we would have, we'd so many cookbooks. We had a radio show and everybody had set us their books. So I didn't get any of the books, but now what I do is I research things on the internet. And when I find a recipe that I like, I just, um, just print it out. And then I have a yeah. whole file of all of these things that I love to do until they sort of become things that I've actually memorized. So, uh, let's talk about, you know, how you incorporate nutrition into your teaching. Cause I love the way that you do it. It's so fun. It's so effortless. It's not this like good food, bad food. Yeah. You're not, you know, really you're having fun with it. So how do you help people eat right and incorporate the, that nutrition information? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the, one of the, um, the strongest ways to do that is to, not make any food, as we were saying before, like ice cream, this or that off limits, right? So in other words, let's say for an example, we have chicken nuggets in the freezer and you know, we're like, oh, I just don't have time. I can't think about anything, but these, you know, I could easily whip up these chicken nuggets, right? Use the chicken nuggets like your croutons instead of eating the entire box. So in, in other words, take a couple out. I always tell everyone, including my children, look at portion sizes. If we're looking at the portion size, it's very rare that we're going to overdo it. We're going to, you know, and if you want to take one extra for bonus, take one extra for bonus, and then you feel, you know, good. But not going back for seconds and keeping that portion in control to me is probably one of the strongest ways that I suggest to um, stay in balance. Yeah, that's a great suggestion, you know, to use those fun foods as a, you know, like as a crouton or, and also to, to look at the portion. Like I'm a huge fan of chocolate. There's been some controversy around chocolate because of some of the, the additional, you know, maybe heavy metals that are in it, but like, you know, having a small piece and eating it mindfully, but you also had a great recipe for making your own healthy chicken nuggets, which I loved. Absolutely. How, how do you do that? So one of the things that we um, do is we love Chick-fil-A, right? So I, w- I look up the, the, the recipe right on the internet and I say, how can I recreate this recipe 
with using, you know, not 50 ingredients, maybe like, you know, 10 or, you know, even eight ingredients, um, brining, like brining the chicken and pickle juice is like a fabulous way to not only make it moist, but it also adds a ton of flavor. So just being a little bit, you know, creative and you, you probably have a jar of pickles lying there anyway, you don't even have to buy the pickles. So again, just like, you know, doing what you can at home, but improvising and not, you know, and, and, and experimenting and not having to feel that everything has to be, you know, created from scratch using the internet again, using those different recipes to incorporate into, you know, your weekly menu. And using things like Trader Joe's, like I love their, they have these little cubes of garlic and ginger save so much time when you think about like garlic is so awesome for you. It has so many amazing plant chemicals in it that are great for you, but chopping up a bunch of garlic takes a tremendous amount of time. And they have these little cubes, you just pop them right in there. Same thing with ginger. I, again, the, the pre-wash cut up, whether it's frozen, fresh, is so powerful. And can we get rid of the myth that somehow frozen things are not good for you? Because in some cases, frozen vegetables are actually more nutritious than fresh because they freeze them right at the point of harvest. So they get to you and a lot of the things are intact. And that, you know, I had this conversation with um, somebody interviewed me and they were asking me about raw. And I think raw is great, but so is cooked. It's kind of like having a balance of all these things. So I'm curious, what do you tell clients who say, oh my God, I hate to cook and I just love junk food. And how do you work with people to help them get on track and see that cooking is fun and eating healthy tastes good? I think that it just takes a little bit of time, a little bit of knowledge and, you know, actually teaching them like, why is it healthier? Teaching them, you know, how everything, you know, ties in with nutrition, sleep and um, our patterns and our exercise and everything else. You know, I I do come across a lot of people say, oh, I hate to cook, but, you know, you don't have to, I think, again, people get very intimidated. We don't have to be Julia Child. We can take the shortcuts. So it's okay to buy the, like you were saying, the ginger and the garlic already frozen. It's okay to buy the mirepoix chopped up already. We shouldn't have to feel guilty about being timely and making things less stressful for ourselves in the kitchen. So again, doing those easy things and then buying like there's all these wonderful ingredients now like a primal kitchen or bonza or um oh my god there's so many of them right now um there's the one i'm thinking of with the tortillas it'll come to me siete brand but there's all these great you know grain free products and all these wonderful we don't have to do everything from scratch anymore we don't have to be you know martha stewart and do everything like you know we could use those shortcuts and be healthier and be, um, you know, feel, feel good about that. Yep. So your tips, so we've got use shortcuts, you know, certainly do the planning, um, take the pressure off yourself, um, use all of those like things that are like pre-done. And when you're, you know, having something like a chicken nugget, make sure that you are like aware of portion sizes, read, read the bag and read the bag for what a portion size is. So it's not the whole bag. They sometimes they give you the portion for the whole bag, but get in the habit of reading labels. Do you have a number one tip that we haven't mentioned? I would say using vegetables as your vessels, like almost picture your vegetables as a boat. And always try and include them as much as you can in your day, whether you're roasting them, whether it's a salad, whether you're using it as a pasta, whether you're using as a rice. Like we said, there's so many products right out right now. And um, my my general rule of thumb is try, try, try to get in 10 fruits and vegetables a day. It doesn't have to be a cup of each. But if we get into that mind frame of incorporating at least 10, com- a combination of 10 fruits and vegetables. And again, that could be a squeeze of lemon in our water. That could be, you know, some grated ginger. That could be garlic in our salad. Just like everything counts. Nothing's off limits. So to me, I would say, Use, you know, use Trader Joe's, use all your shortcuts and get those vegetables in as much as you can. One of my favorite things to do is zoodling. Have you zoodled? I don't do it like from the zoodler. 
<laughs> oh, it's so great. They, you know, OXO makes this great machine where you just take your vegetable, you put it in and you just twirl it, especially during garden season. You know, when we have so mm. much zucchini and winter squash and beets and it just, it's fun and it's wonderful to mix with your pasta. So you're actually you know, increasing the volume of the food that you're eating, decreasing the calories, increasing the flavor, getting more uh, vegetables. In. And they're super inexpensive and very fun. I actually, I bought one for my dad for his birthday. And he he doesn't spend much time in the cooking, the kitchen because my mom is so awesome, but he is such a zoodling genius. He's just ah. like loved to, to use the zoodler and he's been having so much fun with that. So have a few more minutes. I want to cover too. Um, what does your typical day of meal planning look like for you? Because you have got, you've got children right how old are your kids yeah my kids are they're not super young my son is going to be 13 and my daughter is 16 so I kind of went from that you know having to do everything for them to letting them you know take a little bit control and I think that that is actually a great tip is to you know when you do have you know children and um you want them to eat healthy as healthy as they can and to also learn how to meal prep themselves is to really just let them do it. Like it's kind of a pain sometimes to have them in the kitchen because you just know it's going to get messier. But I strongly suggest doing it, you know, when you do have the time, because when they are in the kitchen, they are automatically going to eat more of what you make, right? If they help, they're going to want to try it. If they don't help, A, they don't know the work that went into it. They won't see the ingredients. And it's not as exciting. So I do try and get them to help me um, as much as they, you know, they're busy, I'm busy. But when I can, you know, once a week, not, not nothing unrealistic. Um, so I would say, yeah, like I do, I definitely do a lot of my planning on the weekend, you know, maybe on a Sunday. Um, I'll try and do my shopping on, let's say, a Saturday. And then my best time to do everything is first thing in the morning. I find I'm the clearest. Um, I have the least on my mind. And I, I, I oftentimes I'll really just cook dinner first thing. I know it sounds absolutely bizarre, but if you cook dinner first thing in the morning, you it just it takes a weight off of you. And it's okay to, you know, if it's not of course, you know, something meat or something that will go back. It's okay to leave, you know, vegetables in a pot with a, with a lid on. It's okay to put something in the refrigerator and to reheat it. It takes a humongous weight off your shoulders and nothing can get in the way first thing in the morning that can get in the way 5, 6 p.m. at night. Yeah, that's a great tip to do that, you know, earlier in the day. And also when you're starving, I know for me, I'm usually so hungry by 6.30, you know, I'll, I'll usually do my exercise, my walk or yoga or whatever later in the day. And it's so nice to have it, have it absolutely planned. Although I, I personally also, sometimes I'm just love to cook. I love just putting some music on and, you know, my man is so awesome at chopping and just being in the kitchen and it's really my creative time, but I'm empty nest. So I generally like to keep like every, have everything I need on hand and then just sort of figure out what, what am I in the mood for tonight? But also, right. also having those things that are made already. Sometimes I'll do something like make a, again, a huge vat of soup, have it all week long. So only have another minute left real quick. Who has influenced you the most on your wellness journey? God. Um, I would say, Hmm, that's a really good question. I, I would say just meeting, I don't know that it's been one person. It's been, it's putting yourself out there and just meeting all different types of people. For example, meeting you, you know, you made a huge dent in my life. As I said, said before, when I decided that I was tossing back and forth, going back to school and, you know, it, it's these, you know, when these people um, that you meet and they don't even realize, like you wouldn't have even realized that you made an impact on my life until I reached out to you. But it's just talking to different people, um, seeing where they are. And most people do want to help and are friendly. And I think that that's something that we we sometimes get nervous about. Like, oh, you know, if I reach out to this person, you know, are they going to squash me? Are they going to make me feel bad about myself? Um, I know I felt like that in my own social media platform, you know, reaching out to people and asking, how do you get bigger? How do you do this? How do you do that? But I think that that asking people for help has been just critical for me and um, 
and my journey. And um, now I'm just asking for a lot of help in chemistry too. So <laughs> it's all coming full circle, mm-hmm. but um, I, that would be my suggestion. Just always ask, always reach out and you only have one chance to be in the arena. So just do it. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of those tips. I absolutely love that. Internet is great. I really like Instagram. That's how we connect with people. And there's so many great midlife women out there. So we're going to take a break. And if you're looking for community, I recommend check out my website, midlifewhisper.com. Click on community. You can learn about my new Rock Your Midlife community. When we come back, we are going to share how you can lose up to a kilogram a week without dieting. And we'll continue our nutrition uh, conversation with Nicole and Marina. I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisper. We'll catch you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rock Your Midlife. I hope you are enjoying the show and getting some great tips. And we're going to share some wonderful tips on how you can eat right and still lose weight in just a moment. Um, And if you are enjoying the show, please leave me a review. If you leave a review, it helps other women find the show as well. So I would really appreciate that. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit. We are going to talk with Marina Codore, who is a best-selling author, international speaker, and executive well-being coach. She started her career as a national team rower for Brazil. Then she became a health coach who helped thousands of people in many countries and ended up developing her own methodology, the reset method. And now her method is inside her book, The F the diet, how to get off the weight loss roller coaster and lose one kilogram per week. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Marina. So awesome to have you here. Thank you so much. It's a great interview before me, Ellen. was just so great to hear. Oh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And again, where in the world are you? You are in Brazil now? I'm in Brazil right now. I live in London. Oh, nice. So were you there for Rio de Janeiro for the, yeah, the big I festival? I am in Porto Alegre. Okay. This- my family here. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Well, before we dive into you and your method, I know that you have a question for Nicole. Yes. I would love to know what is the tip she would give for someone that is out there and uh, when I eat something and still when I eat health, what should they look for in restaurants? That's a great question, Rina. Um, You know, it's funny when we go to a restaurant, you know, here in America, at least, I think a lot of us have taken that whole restaurant experience for granted, right? We're like, oh, we're just going to another restaurant. If we get into the habit of, you know, eating as much as we can at home, right? Or prepping our meals and then going to the restaurant and actually being able to indulge a little bit and still tie in everything we know, right? So what does that mean? Ordering, let's say, a pasta, right? And having maybe a third of that pasta and then eating it with sauteed broccoli, maybe some, um, some, some, some steamed spinach and a salad. So it's, it's that, it's that split of indulging and having that delicious restaurant, you know, food that we don't ever get to have as much, but tying it in to our, you know, our vegetables again and our healthy habits. So yeah, just that would be my suggestion. Yeah, I would add to that too. I mean, part of it depends on how often you eat out. So if you travel a lot for work and things like that, I think you have to be a little bit more judicious than those of us who, when I eat out, I'm like, you you know, I want to enjoy myself. But a tip I always tell people is, Decide what you're going to have before you get to the restaurant. What always happens is you get to the restaurant, you are hungry, you know, you have a cocktail, the blood sugar level goes down and you don't make great decisions when you are hungry. If you look at the menu, you know, it was just kind of fun. It's like, you know, after you've had lunch, you're looking at the menu, think, what do I really want? And then think about too, like, what's that thing I really want? Like if I want that, you know, volcano chocolate cake. Well, then I'm going to like have something a little lighter for my appetizer entree, or maybe I'll have an appetizer and, and, you know, split an entree. So I have the room for that beautiful. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, flourless chocolate cakes. So love, love, love those suggestions. Thank you for asking. So let's dive into you, your, you and your method and your book. I'm so curious about this. First of all, um, tell us why you wrote, uh, why your book is not a diet book. Yes. So I truly believe there is a, diets there's so many diets there because mostly diets fail on you um this thing of uh it's always great to start a diet but continue as a lifelong um structure and decision is really really hard and that's why i think people fail 
instead of this, I really like to start not with the how, what is the way you're going to do it? Um, I always think like people are looking like what are going to eat to lose weight and jump in a new diet. And so they try 10 diets. They even lost the hope that they could lose weight or have the body they want with more energy. It doesn't matter why you are changing the nutrition, but what the energy you are chasing as well. And instead of them losing hope, we start differently. We look for why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to eat more healthily? And that's, I think, is a great start for you to change um, in a way that is sustainable and you're going to feel successful and you're going to keep doing for life. Yeah. So start with why, which is, is yeah. a simple thing to do. And I tell people to, you know, again, do it because you love yourself, not because, you know, you hate your body. And also we have to be, you know, interested in progress, not perfection. I've been in this business for three decades and I have to say, a lot of times, particularly women at midlife, when you go on diets, it, it takes a while for the scale to reflect what's going on. And also, not everybody can be a size, you know, a size zero. And who would want to be a size zero? Just like I know you can be looking at the video, you can see Nicole's got her dog there. But, you know, like with Nicole, so I'm Nicole with dogs. I mean, we would see, um, you know, we wouldn't want a Great Dane to be a Chihuahua, right? So we all have different body types. And I think it's, you know, your body type, it's not a fashion thing. If one, you know, one year it's curvy and one year it's wafy. And so you've got to work with the body that you have. But I love this idea of starting with why and going beyond just the weight loss of like, I want more energy. I want to live long. I want to be here for my kids. So that is a, is a great suggestion. So what can the mindset of an athlete teach us? I know you were an athlete yourself, which is amazing that you were on the national rowing team for Brazil. So what did you learn about being an athlete and from other athletes about how to eat right? Yeah, athletes are about like... Um... You have a dream to go somewhere, to achieve something. So the athletes pass that point where we need to create a dream. The athletes are there because it's, it's not easy to be an athlete. It's not uh, easy to be an entrepreneur. We have to have a dream that we are chasing. And, and so that can keep us going throughout the difficult times because they will come. So an athlete have a goal, something that they want to achieve. They also have a mentor. All the athletes uh, to get somewhere, they need to have a mentor. And that's where it starts to um, normal people usually don't think they need a mentor for so many things, for exercise, for nutrition. They think they know. But everywhere, when you want to break the boundaries of one normal level to get to the next level, you need a mentor to bridge you from where you are to the next level in the quickest time as possible. Otherwise, we need to always start from the scratch learning. And that takes like 20 years for you to really learn. So get someone that can see you from the outside, clear vision and jump you from one place to the other. That's an athlete life. We have coaches. Then we start to have, it's not that we feel like doing exercise each day. It's not that we feel like training every day. Usually athletes even uh, train in the thirds. So let's say third of the time you feel completely crap. Third mm -hmm. of the time you feel okay. And third of the time you, you feel really good. So this idea to have that athletes always wake up ready and ready to go. I love exercise. No, 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 no. So many times we feel like, oh, the last thing I want is to exercise today. I feel so sore. I didn't sleep too well. But you go anyway and you keep your progress. It's like um, work. So you don't want like ask yourself, do I feel like working today? Do I feel like going? No, no. You go there. You give your best and you feel satisfied. Uh, so athletes have this mind to keep going. And, uh, and then you start to translate these things for um, what people really know is about their business, about their family, is about and bringing, it's not creating something new, but bringing what they already apply in other areas of their life to themselves, to take care of themselves. So it's, it's easy, it's actually easy because you teach what they already know, but they're not looking in this point, in this area of their life, and they think they don't have. Yeah, those are awesome tips. So get a mentor. 
get a coach, get a mentor, get somebody who is good at doing this. I have that do that all the time. Last night in my uh, community, there was, you know, there were women who were great at play. There were women who were great at health and well-being. There were women who were great at work. And I all had them, you know, connect with each other and find someone who is good at the opposite thing that you're working on, which is amazing because there's things that we're all good at. So get some help, get some support. Um, have some specific goals, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time sensitive. Realize that you're going to have up days and you're going to have down days. I love what you said about athletes. I know that myself, I have the habit of moving my body every single day, minimum of an hour, going for a walk, doing yoga. I don't always love to do it, but I know that after I do it, I will feel good and it will help me with my overall well-being. It'll help me with my sleep. So really important to know that it's okay if you have off days. And also, I love the piece that you said, you know, look at your strengths. Where can you bring in the things that you're good of? How can you good at? How can you bring that into your your health and wellness journey? Um, so how do we change unwanted behaviors. You know, I'm always working with people on behavior change and I find the changing the behaviors that you want to get rid of is so difficult. Do you have tips on the thoughts and actions you can take so that who you want to be is in harmony with, with who you are right now? Yes, I, I always think, um, first of all, people get um, stuck vision of the, their selves. So they stop uh, and uh, we are talking about midlife and uh, sometimes people see themselves for a long time as one single thing. But I think people are uh, full of opportunities. They have four pos possibilities that they never discover. Let's, let's just use one, um, one example of my life. One time I got really, really sick. And until that point, I didn't know I could uh, write. I thought it was a horrendous writer. But at this point, my body just broke in completely. And I started to write poetry. And I wrote amazing poetry. And it was one side of myself that just appeared in a different situation, a different environment. So I love to say that like you have so many possibilities in so many parts of you that you haven't tapped in yet. But you say about changing an unwanted behavior, we always think about we are wired to go towards pleasure and avoid pain. So that's very clear. If I say to you like, Tomorrow, you cannot eat any sugar and you can't eat a thousand calories out of your diet. And what is this for you? It's pain. So how do you expect that someone should go there excited about and continue this? The body is freaking out. Like, so tomorrow will be pure pain. I'm going to eat crazily before I start on Monday. And so, as I don't know if you are like me, but in, in the first day, I start to weigh myself and say, I, I must have lost quite a lot already because I'm suffering so much. <laughs> and then on the fourth day, you're like, oh, I can't bear. Everything I'm thinking is the, the food I'm not eating. So always think about how can we make a program that is something that is pleasurable for you. So changing the way we think what we are doing will change everything. If I, if I look at you and I, and I find your why, why you want to change and maybe you want to be really healthy for your grandchildren, maybe something like I want to start to hike and I want to do most of the hikes, I don't know, that I read in the 100 hikes you should do in your life and I just don't feel capable of. So, well, we can change this and we can put you in a state that you can do your hikes and we can do this easily. And so we start to look towards what is the pleasure we can gain towards the change. And it's stop focusing in the pain, start focusing in the pleasure. So we start to have something that is aligned with what you really want and not pain. Then we start to have results. It's driving the people from a place that something that water their eyes like that's what i really want and usually is not in the first layer we have to tap in many layers when we get to this point people really want and doesn't matter what they decided 100 percent, they will do whatever it takes 
Yeah, that's a great tip. I had a client when I was a personal fitness trainer and she would go on these great bike uh, races and she would, you know, go to, she climbed it to Pichu and she was like, I need to get in shape. I just bought, you know, a ticket. It was like, when I went to Costa Rica, I was like, all right, well, I was in good shape, but I wanted to get even better shape because I knew that we were going to be doing all kinds of outdoor activities. So that's great to look at the positive thing that you want, you want to gain. And it's always so much about when you're facing your food about, being able to have that bigger vision, bigger than that immediate desire. Like there's that desire, like I want the cake now, or I want the donut now, instead of I want to be in great shape, be here for my grandkids. But I think you have to really blow that. I think journaling is really great for that. Vision boarding is really great for that. Being in support groups is great for that. So you're around people who are going to help you to water and grow that vision. So I know you talk a lot about um, stress and we know that like stress certainly raises cortisol levels, which increase your appetite, increase fat deposition around the middle. Why is stress, uh, releasing stress so important for losing weight? First is stress, um, we are feeling really overwhelmed, distressed. We are feeling body sensations that are not really great when we are stressed. Uh, first of all, we're going to feel overwhelmed, too overwhelmed to cook or to have the best choice. We just get want to get something done, food is done. So we're going to have choices that are not great for us. Second of all, dysregulation, hormonal dysregulation. When we bring too much cortisol, when we don't produce enough melatonin to sleep well, we always gonna have um, the next day or the same day, uh, we having really wrong, uh, worse decisions about the food we wanna eat, but also we are deprived any sleep. Um, so we start to don't have um, the, the right amount of um, uh, patience or calm, to make decisions, calm, to be efficient, we start to have a snowball. So a part of dysregulation, so dysregulation, let's say like you can dysregulate yourself through stress. You can also dysregulate yourself through dieting. And so dieting can go up to six years, you have a body dysregulated hormonally. So then you eat a little thing and you're putting weight because your body starts to understand that it needs to keep all the calories in it. We, we have a body that evolved to survival. It's a primitive body that took us thousand years uh, until here. So this industrialized life that we have nibbles and up to 10 um, pieces of meal per day, up to 10, and before 1970, was three meals, the fortunate ones, three meals per day. Now we are up to 10. And if you were stressed, you're just gonna pick it up, little nibbles, doing whatever you are doing. And you might eat a, a bag of biscuits, you might eat chips, you might eat, and you don't even realize, you don't count on. So you start to calm down and bringing your life to a balance and you start to be able to take care of yourself and get food that give you energy, that feed your dreams, that make you move forward and get out of stress. Like after all, all that we want is people to have joy, happiness. That's what we want. It's not something else to create stress. It's just like bring you up and put you in the best shape of your life where you can really shine bright and make the difference in the world with uh, whatever you pass. If he's leaving a smile, if he's leaving your knowledge or taking care of your kids, grandchildren or whatever, your friends. Is that what we want is people to be really energetic and happy so we can have a beautiful world. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're focusing so much on the psychology. I think during the break, I was talking to Nicole and saying, you know, when I became a dietitian, I didn't have any of the psychology. I told people what to eat, what not to eat, but it really is so much about balancing your emotions, doing more of what lights you up. I find when women come to me and the majority of people come to me because they are putting on weight, they think it's menopause, but you know, in the evening they're having the, the cheddar and Chardonnay or the threesome with Ben and Jerry's. 
Because like by the end of the day, they need that dopamine rise. But if you create a life that you love, that is fulfilling and meaningful and active and you feel connected and you have visions of who you want to be and your wellness fits in with all of that, then you're not going to, you know, go after the chips and, and all of the junk food. And you're going to look at food as just one of many elements that really feeds your soul and feeds your higher purpose in life. So thank you for sharing that. So we only have a couple of minutes and I know Nicole it has a question for you. Do you have a question for Marina? Nicole. Yes, Marina, being an athlete, uh, which was well, tremendous, but what you what you did, I also played tennis my whole life. And something that I used to struggle with, not so much anymore, is hunger while we're working out. What do you suggest? How do you suggest balancing eating more calories, more fat, more whatever, and stay, you know, keep and, and keeping our weight at bay while we're training for a certain sport? How do you suggest balancing that? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Because um, normally people um, think that athletes can eat whatever they they want, and they will be fine. We cannot out train a bad diet. Because after all, like, uh, if you put wrong uh, like really bad petrol in your car or uh, right now we cannot say about electricity really bad electricity <laughs> but if you put really bad uh, petrol in your car it might stop your car you might not go too far it might start to give problems the same thing is for us we still biological bodies even though we like to think that we overcome biology we haven't so we still need a great amount of water. We still need uh, to, to have a balanced diet. So depends on your sport will be different your diet. But I will say that if you are eating too much sugar, you probably are having spikes of uh, sugar and insulin going up and down. So you're gonna less very little in your sport with the sugar coming in. So you're gonna crash very quickly. So the first thing I would say is, is start to regulate your sugar levels. You are able to last longer. Now in cases of uh, things like I did, I tried to cross the ocean rowing. I tried to do really long distance uh, and uh, long distance uh, challenge. You need to be eating or putting something on your body every 40 minutes around this. And that will depend on your sport, cannot be too heavy. And uh, sometimes you can go just like a, a few sultanas, a spoon of honey or carbo gels. It depends really on your sport, but you you always have to put in, in something. I have to, to interrupt you because we, we have to close, but awesome information. Thank you so much, Marina, for sharing all of that. I'll let you guys chat after we're done with the show. Quickly, Nicole, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Nibbles by Nick at Nibbles by Nick on Instagram. You can DM me. My website's www.nibblesbynick.com. And Marina, best way for people to reach out to you? That's my book, www.marianacadori.com. Go for my website and check me out. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. I hope you've gotten some great tips. We'll see you next week. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause or a health issue, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stuck and wondering how to get your confidence, energy, and joy back. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist registered dietitian, nutritionist, board-certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide inspiration and wisdom to help you transform your health, your mindset, your relationships, and your life so you can rock midlife. 